In episode 501 with Selena Sue, we are talking all about publicity, how to get publicity, the power of telling your most scary vulnerable stories, how she was in an emotionally abusive relationship and how that impacted her life and others, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited about this conversation because Selena and I have been friends for 10 years. She's a beautiful person. We have caught up in New York, and she's one of those people that really cares and really wants to help you get your message out into the world. And for those of you that have never heard of Selena, she is a publicity and marketing strategist for visionary entrepreneurs, experts, and authors who want to reach millions with their message. She's helped clients and students get featured in places like O, The Oprah Magazine, Forbes, and Inc., and land interviews on popular podcasts and national TV. Many of her clients have become industry leaders with six and seven figure businesses, raving fan bases, and hundreds of thousands of followers. Her signature approach comes down to building powerful and long lasting relationships with influencers and the media in a thoughtful, authentic way. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 498. And you are going to want to head there to click on one of the links that we talk about in the episode to read a really powerful story. But I won't share too much. You have to listen to the episode to find out what we're talking about. So now, without further ado, let's start this conversation with the beautiful Selena Sue. Selena, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? What I had for breakfast this morning, I had a piece of gluten-free toast with butter, and then I heated up some green curry. So kind of random. (laughs) I love that. Sometimes I do that where I'm just like, I want my lunch for breakfast. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love it. Now, before we started recording, we were talking about how we have been friends for such a long time. I think the first time we met in person was in New York when I came there for an event, which was, I'm pretty sure, 2012, a very long time ago. So it's been such a beautiful thing to witness your evolution. And one of the many things that you are so passionate about is helping entrepreneurs share their important message with the world. And from the moment I met you, I really felt like you wanted to help me and you wanted to support me and my vision and my message. And you believed in me. And we didn't even know each other. And I really genuinely feel that from you. And it's such a beautiful thing. So I want to just acknowledge you for that. But 
what led you to do the work that you do today? How did this all unfold for you? How did you get into this position? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction because it's so great to, you know, now be doing this interview 10 years later. I mean, so much has happened. And, you know, I started my business because when I was in my late 20s, I went through a quarter life crisis. I really hit an emotional rock bottom. I was, you know, living in New York City at the time, making about $40,000 a year in a bad relationship. And I remember just having really low self-esteem and, you know, things got so bad that my mom flew all the way from Vancouver, Canada to New York to be by my side to make sure I was putting food in my body and putting clothes, you know, on and getting ready to go to work. It's just like all these basic things like felt so hard for me. And I remember saying to a friend one day, like, do you know someone who can help me feel better? Because I can't keep going on like this. And that's when I learned about this female life coach. And I joined her group coaching program. And it was just so powerful to be in a community of, you know, like-minded women learning about personal development and, you know, realizing that I could take responsibility for turning my life around. And I remember at work, like my boss was like, oh, you know, I feel like something's different about you. And I just started feeling more positive and better about my life. And it was, you know, I remember asking certain friends like, hey, have you heard about this? person and that person. So I was reading all these books and learning all these new ideas, but my friends had no idea who I was talking about. So that's when it really dawned on me that sometimes the people with the most powerful message and life-changing message to share are that best kept secret. And I also felt that when people are struggling and suffering, whether they are in a bad relationship, lacking a sense of life purpose, you know, healing from a chronic condition, whatever it is, that we don't just need more information. We are also looking for inspiration. And I just feel like there's nothing more inspiring than a person, a role model who embodies that message of possibility and hope, who's gone through a challenge and has gotten through to the other side. And so I've just become really passionate about elevating these people that I see as role models in the world. And I was really drawn to publicity because I feel like it's the fastest way to get your message out in terms of, you know, reaching hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even millions of people at once, and also like raising your credibility in a really big way. So that's how I fell into the world of publicity. You know, I was like following these incredible people that I admired. And I would just reach out to them and offer to connect them to other people. Living in New York City, I would host these little dinner parties and mixers. And I would invite people from the media to come and entrepreneurs. And so, you know, I wasn't charging anything. I was just looking to add value and doing what lit me up. And eventually that turned into a business. So how do you define publicity and why do you believe it's so important for entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. So to me, publicity is all about sharing your message on someone else's platform. So, you know, I think that's so important because it's one thing for us to tell the world like, hey, look at me, I'm really good at what I do. But if, you know, we're the only person carrying that message, it's only going to go so far, right? It means so much for someone else to open up and introduce their audience to you, whether it's through a podcast or through a guest teaching opportunity or a TV interview or a magazine article. It's just the ultimate form of credibility. And as entrepreneurs, we all need more people to know about us. I think everyone listening, you know, who is doing something that they feel like is really meaningful, they know that they can help you know, tens more, hundreds more, thousands more people. But the issue is that people just don't know that you exist. So publicity is all about helping you get your beautiful message and work out there. Yeah. And it's so important because like you said, otherwise 
these people and their message are like these little secrets, but they need to be out there because their message can help and support and inspire so many people. So I know that you identify as an introvert and you say that you're quite shy or you used to be quite shy and used to be very uncomfortable in the spotlight. So how have you managed your own inner mean girl fears around visibility? Oh my gosh. Yes, definitely inner mean girl fears for sure. So, you know, I'll share a story of, you know, in the early stages of my business, when I was getting started, you know, 10 years ago, one of my clients was like, Selena, I love your work. I want to interview you, share your message with my audience. And on the one hand, a part of me felt excited. And then another part of me was completely terrified. You know, for me, it was way more comfortable to promote other people, help them get into the spotlight. And I felt more comfortable as that behind the scenes person and, you know, being front and center and, you know, the possibility of messing up or looking like a fool, you know, was just really uncomfortable for me. But then I realized deep down, you know, I know the power of publicity because I've seen what it's done for my clients. And if I too want to go beyond helping just a couple of people that maybe one day hundreds, thousands or more, I have to put myself out there and say yes to these opportunities. And so I said yes to the interview. And I remember leading up to the interview, just being so nervous about it. You know, did I make the right decision? And the day of the interview, just, yes, again, like feeling so nervous. And when I did the interview, I felt like a deer in headlights. Like I remember that time when I was just so self-conscious and afraid of making a mistake. I wasn't like, you know, even breathing properly. And I watched the recording later and I just noticed that I was talking so fast and I wasn't making eye contact eye contact because I was like up in my head like thinking and I had my interns count my filler words I was in Toastmasters and you know they had you count like your filler words like your ums you knows those things that come up when you feel nervous and one of my interns they had counted up to 137 filler words. And I was like, you know what? You can just stop counting. Like clearly this was a disaster. This was a train wreck. I'm so embarrassed. Like I remember watching the interview and I felt like I was watching a horror movie. I was like covering my hands (laughs) with my face and just like peeking out. It was so bad. And I was like, you've got to like delete this interview from YouTube. I don't want anyone to see it. And I just, I just felt so bad. And I remember when my intern saying, you know, Selena, I actually don't think it's as bad as you think. I think that people are really going to like this. And I remember being so stunned. Um, and, but then I thought, you know what, like, why don't I just put it out there and see what happens? And so at the time I had maybe like 70 or 80 people on my email list. And so I sent it out and then shut down my computer, made a smoothie, tried to distract myself. And then, you know, a couple hours later I went back and, you know, I had these beautiful responses from people who were like, thank you for sharing your beautiful, you know, your story. You have such a way with words, what you shared really moved me. And so I took away four mindset lessons I would love to share with your listeners, because I think that we all need that mindset shift. And so, you know, lesson number one is you're usually doing better than you think. I feel that, you know, many of us, we are our number one worst critic and we overanalyze and focus on all the things we are doing wrong rather than what we're doing right. So knowing that we just shift that mindset, um, Number two is this idea 
that, um, you know, not to compare our beginning to someone else's middle and end. So when we're getting started on our visibility journey, if we, we haven't like been doing interviews or putting ourselves out there in the media spotlight, it's so common for us to compare ourselves to the people that we admire, our mentors, our favorite thought leaders, our experts. And we see people, you know, gracing the TED stage or just killing it with video. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so not where they are. And we have to remind ourselves that on day one, we're not going to be where they are, you know, five years, 10 years, even 20 years in. And I know with, you know, all of my friends who are in the media spotlight and just sharing their message in a big way, many of them have gotten training, you know, training on their messaging, training on their speaking, publicity support, all these things. And so if you're just getting started, it's not fair to expect yourself to be at a certain level. And then the third big idea is that we only get better by doing and we have to embrace imperfect action. And I remember Elizabeth Gilbert saying something once about how, you know, when we're creators, we just constantly like, forgive ourselves. You know, we put ourselves out there just like knowing that, okay, I'm at this level and I'm not where I want to be, but I have to just accept that this is where I am right now and forgive myself. I'm just going to try my best and eventually I'll get better and better. And that's, that's a huge part of entrepreneurship and visibility. And the final fourth message I'll share, and this is the thing that helps me the most is remembering why am I doing this? You know, when I put my message out there, when I'm speaking, when I'm doing interviews, when I'm getting publicity, I'm not doing it because I'm looking for all this attention on me for no reason or looking to have my ego stroked. You know, I'm doing it from a place of service because I feel like I have something to share that could, you know, help someone improve their life, you know, shift their perspective, support them with reaching their goals. And so after an interview, you know, I just asked myself, did I show up with presence? Was I generous, generous with my knowledge and stories and ideas? And if the answer is yes, I did a great job. I'm not here to look perfect. I'm not here not to mess up. It's not about that. It's about serving other people. So it takes the pressure off of being perfect and just reminds me of, you know, why am I doing this in the first place? Mm, I love those key takeaways. Thank you so much for sharing. They're so powerful and I feel like everyone can relate to them. But for someone who's listening, who wants to put themselves out there, who wants to get publicity, but maybe doesn't have the financial support right now to pay a publicist or, you know, something like that. Where can they start? How can we reach out to these podcasters or magazines or news outlets? Like, where do we begin? And do you think it's better if it comes from us or if it comes from someone else? How do we even begin on this journey? Yeah, if you're getting started in the early stages, it doesn't make sense to hire a publicist because that can cost a lot of money. And I think that it's really important for each of us to develop the skills of learning how to get publicity on our own. You know, the publicist isn't going to be in every room that you're in and there's constantly opportunities for more visibility. You know, there's so many low-hanging fruit opportunities in front of us from friends that might have podcasts or even, you know, doing an IGTV interview and collaborating with someone in that way or writing a guest post for their audience. So I think it's important for us all to learn that. And yeah, so that's what I would say. And even if they feel like they're not far along enough, because people sometimes think like, well, I need to be an internet superstar or a best-selling author in order to be deemed worthy for publicity. But for each of us, you know, there's a reason why we started our business. There's a personal story that got us to this place. I mean, even just sharing that story is a big part of what you can be putting out there into the world. 
And if you're someone that's helping people, coaching people, solving problems, like all the things that you're sharing with other people to improve their lives, these are things you could share those exact same ideas, but just out on a bigger platform. So I definitely recommend, you know, people learn. And I, I would say that, you know, like taking a course, you know, or, or following, like, I mean, I'm a publicity expert. So following you know, some of the work that I put out there, that would definitely give you a shortcut versus like trying to reinvent the wheel. So yeah, I would first work on like getting educated, empowered, finding those shortcuts and then start to do it yourself. Something you mentioned before was, you know, wanting to just help and serve other people instead of going to a podcaster or someone straight away and saying, hey, can I come on your show? Like offering value to them first. Can you talk about that and the different ways that we can do that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you can definitely, you know, pitch someone straight up, but it's helpful when you can build somewhat of a relationship. And I understand that it might be hard to build a relationship with every single person you're pitching. At the same time, you know, if somebody recognizes your name, it goes a long way. You know, when it comes to getting someone's attention and writing an email to them, the the number one thing they notice is not even the subject line. It's the from line. Who is this email from? You know, so if it's someone who you've developed a relationship with, maybe you follow them on Instagram, you cheer them on, you've left them an iTunes review, you have sent them a screenshot of the iTunes review and thank them for their work. Maybe you've recommended other guests, but you're someone that's active in their world and they can feel like this is a supporter of mine. You're definitely going to get special consideration. But I will say that ultimately what's going to help someone get on another person's podcast is going to be about the quality of their ideas and having something that's really useful to share with their audience. And I think when it comes to publicity, a lot of people take this spray and pray approach where they just send the same copy and paste email to a million people, but it really helps to slow down and just be intentional. You know, is with the person I'm pitching, are they the right fit for me? Is this the right audience? Is what I'm offering a value? Because you know, there could be a prestigious podcast, but if they're targeting an audience that's, you know, that aren't your people, then it doesn't really make sense to have you come on, you know, the show. So yeah, I mean, part of also building a relationship is just showing like, you know, respect and consideration and really taking the time to make sure that you have something that's a great fit for that audience and really presenting it to the podcast host on a silver platter. Mm, I love that so much. And I can imagine that there's a lot of inner mean girl mastering that needs to happen to put yourself out there and to even ask, because I know, you know, a lot of people might have that voice inside them that says, who do you think you are? You're not good enough. Don't even bother. So how have you in the past moved through that? Yeah. Have I moved through the inner mean girl? I think, you know, just reminding myself again, the idea that like, I'm here just to serve and help other people. I'm not here to be perfect and thanking myself, you know, like recognizing that I'm being really courageous because choosing the path of visibility isn't an easy path, right? It's easier just to be behind the scenes and not do anything. But there's also such a reward in choosing to share your message and your story and to impact lives. And so... Yeah, just appreciating all the small and big steps that, you know, I've taken to to get to where I am today. And I'm so grateful that I, you know, have felt the fear and moved through the fear because, you know, I went from being someone who 
was completely terrified of putting myself out there to, you know, while creating a program called Impacting Millions and literally impacting millions. When I think about the number of media interviews I've done, the number of incredible entrepreneurs I've supported and shared my work, my work has landed in the inboxes of millions of people. And I've been able to deeply impact many thousands of people inside my program. So I think the most empowering thing is when the thing that used to terrify you the most starts to feel like second nature and you're like, I can do this. I'm actually pretty good at this. And I really believe that everyone listening has the potential to get incredible publicity, to share their message and to inspire so many more people. Hmm. And I feel like, you know, you mentioned this before you touched on it, but being vulnerable and sharing our story Mm. is a really powerful way to connect with people yeah and to quote unquote get publicity I guess you could say that but it's like you're just sharing your heart you know and a lot of fear can come up when you are sharing a really deep and personal story and last year you released a very personal a very powerful story about being in and leaving an emotionally abusive relationship now I read this story And I spoke to you about it and, you know, my jaw was on the floor. Can you share a little bit about that story and why was it so important that you shared this story with the world? Absolutely. So what happened is in 2017, I met someone and this person, actually, I didn't share this part in the story, but this person was like a fan of mine. He was someone, you know, in my audience who had been following me and Later, you know, after I was dating him, I learned that he had told a friend, like, one day I'm going to date Selena Sue. So it was kind of like his mission. And we met at a workshop. I was a guest speaker there. And I just, you know, I felt like he was like hanging on to every word and just like, you know, after the workshop, wanted to talk to me and really connect with me. And he just seemed to be like such a super fan and so supportive. And I thought, oh, well, that's, you know, that's nice. And I was about to celebrate my five-year business anniversary. And I thought, yeah, I'll invite him to come to the party. And so he came to the party and, you know, he gave me this really great gift and, you know, just continued to like pursue me and ask me out. And I thought we were going out more as business friends, but then it became clear that he was interested in me, but he pursued me so strongly. And he, I just learned this term, you know, two years ago, but this term of like love bombing, you know, he would send me flowers and take me on these incredible, like, you know, seven course dinners and to these like, you know, romantic vacations upstate and was, seemed like he was my number one fan. And so I fell for him. But then over time, pretty quickly, he turned from number one fan to number one critic. And he was criticizing me, you know, making me feel like I couldn't trust my friends or my team, getting me to isolate from other people and just became this really controlling force in my life. And he got involved inside my business and yeah, reached a point where, I mean, he was intimidating me and almost like wanted to take over my personal brand-based business. It was really scary. You know, even though he was never physically abusive, he was emotionally abusive. And, you know, even though emotional abuse doesn't leave scars, it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, can't be just as damaging. And 
you know, I finally, after about a year, had a cur- the courage to like leave the relationship for good. I kept on thinking, you know, maybe things can go back to the way they went before. I really wanted them to work, but ultimately, you know, I got out. But even though I left the relationship, he would continue to harass me. He created over 33 different phone numbers so that he could incessantly text me and I would block him and then he would create a new phone number. And so for months, like every time I looked at my phone, I felt scared and I just thought that it was never going to end. And I had lawyers telling him to stop, but he wouldn't stop. And finally, I took some more extreme legal actions. And that did lead to him, you know, disappearing, thank goodness, from my life. But yeah, I I just, I wanted to share the story because I think that, you know, there's so much shame when it comes to being in an emotionally abusive relationship. And these situations can happen romantically, they can happen within someone's family, they can happen in the workplace, they can happen with a mentor. And I think that when we become ashamed and shut down, that's what allows it to persist. And so, you know, I wanted to share my story because I feel like many other women and men can probably see a piece of themselves in me and, you know, really help them spot the warning signs of what does emotional abuse look like and what are the steps you can take to get out of that situation. What was it like when you pressed publish? Was was it scary? Did you have a vulnerability hangover? Did you have a lot of fear come up or were you so confident that you needed to share this because you knew it was going to help other people? That is such a great question, Melissa, because I did have a lot of fears. You know, I had to have let my mind go to like, what is the worst case scenario? Because this person I realized, you know, was mentally ill. I didn't realize that at first, but mentally ill, morally incorrigible. And so when someone has no boundaries and they're willing to do, you know, whatever, it's like, well, what could they do to me? You know, when someone is an intimate romantic partner, there's a lot of things that they know about you and, you know, how they could use it or twist it, or even just make things up to try to destroy you. And so I really had to like sit with myself and be like, well, maybe if I do nothing, then this will eventually disappear. And if I share my story, maybe it'll make him angrier and then I'll continue to have to deal with this for a lifetime. You know, and I don't think that we have to share every vulnerable or scary story with our audience, but I think that, you know, sometimes our soul knows, like, yes, this is scary, but I meant to share this story. And, you know, I felt like what I went through, it was such a powerful and traumatic experience. And I didn't want to hide it and be the secret that I hid from the world. I wanted to be able to share my story and take my power back and own what had happened. And also in writing my story, it helped me like get more clarity on how did I make those decisions? Like, why did I find myself in this situation? How I could help other people. So yeah, I literally wrote a list of all the worst things that could happen to me. And I was like, even if all of these terrible, terrible things happen, even if he starts contacting my customers, even if he starts leaking private information about me, even if all these things happen, it's worth it, you know, then to like hold this inside for the rest of my life. So I decided to do it. And thankfully, nothing happened. I think it was a thing where he realized that I was willing to stand up for myself because I think for me also being in the space of publicity, I'm really good at helping people manage public perception, you know, and there's like an image piece to being a personal brand. And so I think that he thought I would never speak up because I would never want to, you know, showcase like this vulnerable, challenging, messy side of my life. 
but I did it. And it was the most freeing thing. It was one of the best things I've ever done. And um, yeah, I am so glad that I shared like the scariest thing. I heard someone once say on Instagram, it was, her name's Kelly Brogan and she wrote something and it was like, you're only as free as your most shameful secret. So it's like, yeah, why don't I just share it with, <laughs> with the world? I mean, I did definitely approach it very thoughtfully, but once I did, I was like, I have nothing to hide. Absolutely. And it's so liberating and freeing, especially if it's something that's been consuming your life for years. Yes. That was the same with my conception journey over those 18 months where we were Mm -hmm. conceiving. I didn't share any of that publicly Mm -hmm. because that was my own internal journey that I wanted to go on. Yeah. But then when I finally did share it, it was very scary. It felt very big for me and Mm. also really freeing and liberating. And I talk all about it in Holy Mama, my program. Mm. And we're not saying that you have to go and share these big things. You don't have to do that. But even just like speaking to a therapist or a coach or a counselor or your partner or a friend, just getting it off your chest is one of the most liberating things that you can do for yourself. And you don't have to go and do it on your social media to millions of people. You can do it one-on-one with a coach or a counselor or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that as women, we tend to internalize our pain and justify other people's actions, justify the abuse, and just even sharing it, as you said, with a therapist or with a close friend is really powerful to get out of the situation and kind of start that healing journey. Absolutely. Now you shared with me that after you released that story, you heard from hundreds of people who thanked you for sharing it. What was the impact on others? Yeah, no, I mean, I got so many emails from people. I remember, you know, someone saying I had the same story as you, just different details. Like that hit me hard because I think that, you know, emotional abuse, it's, it's a similar pattern, right? But we just have those different details. You know, someone said like, thank you. Like your story saved my life. It also helped a lot of people realize that I, that they were in an abusive situation, you know, when they see it in front of them actually was really interesting. One of my girlfriends, when she read my story, so she said to me, Oh, well, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. And then it reached a part where she was like, Oh, that was bad. And later she ended up leaving the relationship she was in. And it was that she had like normalized abuse that I was writing about these horrific things. And she was experiencing some level of that. She's like, Oh, that's not so bad, but you know, like no one deserves to be treated that way. And, you know, there are also, in addition to women, there were men that wrote to me saying, you know, thank you for sharing the story with me. I'm going to share it with my daughters, you know, to show them examples of what like you know, healthy and unhealthy love and relationships look like. And I really feel like, again, it comes back to this idea that we don't just need information. We also need inspiration and we inspire others through our stories, not just telling people, don't do this, don't be in that situation, but really explaining what happened so that people can see themselves and also feel validated. Like, oh, I can see why she was in that situation. I can see how I got, you know, sucked into that situation. Now I see a possibility to get out of it. Mm, Yes. And you mentioned something that's really quite important. And that is that we normalize to it. Yes. When we're in it. Yeah. And I know for me, I've been in a relationship where I normalized 
to the manipulation Mm. and just thought, oh, no, he's just protective. And I would justify it Mm. as well. Oh, he's just protective or, you know, just making excuses for that person. And then once you're out of it, you're like, actually, that was not a healthy relationship, emotionally healthy relationship in that way. And so for everyone listening, if you are maybe, you know, justifying things or there's a little inkling within you that's like, hmm, this doesn't quite feel right, like tune into yourself and listen and maybe it's time to step away or to get some support and help you with that transition. You don't have to do this on your own. There are people out there, there are friends, there are family members that can help you transition if it feels really big for you. But don't stay and justify because, you know, you're scared of what might happen or you've got to tune in and and listen to that voice within, listen to that voice within. There's never been a time in my life where I have suppressed that voice where it's turned out great you know it's any time where I've suppressed it it, it's always come back and bit me in the bum you know but every time I listen to that voice it's always right yeah Melissa something's like coming up for me as you're speaking and sharing that because one of the things that I remembered part of the reason why I stayed in the relationship so long was I was afraid to speak up because I think when we're in abusive situations, a lot of us know deep down something's not right. Like I'm not meant to be spoken to that way. You know, any friend would be like, that is so wrong. But sometimes inside, we're not ready to leave. And I remember, and this, I didn't put this in my story, but I'll share this with you and your listeners. I remember, you know, when I first, because I left the relationship and then, and then went back to it, but that's what happens oftentimes in abusive situations. You know, the person lures you back. You want to think, okay, maybe I can fix this. And there was someone, she was kind of an acquaintance of mine. She was looking to build a deeper relationship with me. And, you know, I told her what was going on. And on the one hand, she was supportive. But when I told her that, you know, you know, I think I'm going to see him again. I want, I need to give the cat back to him or something along those lines. She started getting really um, kind of angry with me. I know it was from a protective place, but she said something along the lines of, you know, I'm only able to be friends with evolved people. And, you know, just something along the lines that if I was going to stay in this kind of situation and not take the road that she felt like I needed to take, that, you know, essentially I wasn't evolved enough or mature enough to be her friend. And that was really hurtful. I know that it was coming from a place of her wanting to protect me, but at the same time, that actually caused me to retreat further and not want to share my story with others. And one of my dear friends, when I told her what was going on, she was like, you know what? I want to support you no matter what you do. I'm going to support you if you leave. I'm going to support you if you stay. Like, no matter what, I'm here for you. And so I just, you know, when we're telling people, because of course, yes, we want them to leave a bad situation. But even if you're not ready yet, that doesn't mean that you can't talk to someone about it and process what's happening. And, you know, I trust that once people get the support and the information and the inspiration, they'll know in their heart when it's the right time to leave. And for me, it was like a flip switch at one point. 
And I was just like, I'm done. I'm out the door and I'm never coming back. You know, so we just, you know, pray that that process happens sooner rather than later for most people. But if someone's listening to this and they don't feel ready to leave and they are justifying all the actions, like that's okay too. But that doesn't mean that you should hide and not get support or find a safe space to share your story, even if it's just with one person. Exactly. All it is, is one person. You just need one person. You don't have to go tell all of your friends and all of your family and all of your social media. Just speak to one person. Tell them how you feel. Tell them what you're experiencing. And hopefully that person will do what your friend did and say, I'm here. Whatever you choose, I'm here. I'm here to support you. Like That is a really beautiful, beautiful, supportive, healthy relationship. And I hope everyone has someone in their life that can hold space for them like that. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't, there's always, yeah, coaches or counselors or therapists that you can reach out to as well. So this, so far, I have loved how this turned into you sharing this really vulnerable, honest, deep story. We're talking about publicity and, and it comes back to you sharing your heart. Right. How important do you think it is, not just in publicity or, or online, but like how important is it that we speak our truth and that we share from our heart in all areas of our life? I mean, it's everything. And it's something that, you know, has to be learned sometimes because I feel like in college or, you know, at work, we're not taught sometimes to be so open hearted, but that's the deepest way that we can connect with someone and, you know, the way that we can touch them and move them and inspire them to change. So, yeah, I mean, it's also something that I've also been actively like working on, like even more so sometimes when I think, oh my gosh, I can't share that. That is like, the number one thing I should be sharing. So I think it's really helpful for me to have like girlfriends I can bounce ideas off of. Is this too much? Like, but then also there are times like Melissa, as you were saying with your conception journey, it didn't make sense for you to share it while you were in the middle of it. I do find that for myself included, like there is a right time to share a story before I had like the right legal support in place it would have been irresponsible and unsafe to share what's going on. Then eventually it reached a point where maybe it wasn't totally safe. I had more more safety and I was ready. So part of sharing our heart, we also have to be, you know, ready, not sharing our heart at the expense of hurting ourselves, but we're in a place where, where it's the right time where we really feel it can, can help other people. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And also what I had said earlier, you know, when it comes to these stories, your soul knows, you know, if there's a certain story that is meant to be shared. Absolutely. And tune in and listen to that voice inside you. And it will say, okay, I need to share this. I have shared so many stories that I have had vulnerability hangovers over, that I have been woken up in the middle of the night going, oh my gosh, was that too much? Did I share too much? Like I've woken my husband up in the middle of the night going, Did I, like when I, with all of my books, I have done this. Once I've handed in the manuscript and it's like locked off, I can't change it. (laughs) I remember like with Open Wide, which was an especially vulnerable, open, deep book that I wrote. I remember waking up, rolling over, waking Nick up, probably at like 2 (laughs) a.m. and saying, is it too late to change that part? And he's like, baby, that story is going to help so many people. And I know, I know, like 
I felt okay with sharing it, but like my inner mean girl would come in and say, oh, everyone's going to judge you, you know, like that voice. But like my heart and my soul was saying, share this because it's going to support and inspire and help so many people. But yeah, the inner mean girl was like, everyone's going to judge you, Melissa. You know, you shouldn't have put that story in. But yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had vulnerability hangovers many, many times. And for me, it also reminds me that it's important to me. Like anytime I feel that fear, like walking out on stage, even recording a podcast, being interviewed, handing in a manuscript, launching Holy Mama or any of my programs, there's always been a level of like, oh my goodness, like a little bit of fear, a little bit of vulnerability, a little bit of like feeling scared. But that also makes me feel like it reminds me that this work is important to me because if I didn't have that, it wouldn't mean that it's important. I'd just be like, oh, whatever. But it shows me that it's important and it's meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And something is so edgy. Like for others, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel honored, you know, that someone opened up their heart and shared that. I mean, I remember reading, I forget which one of your books I was reading, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't, feel, I was like, wow, she shared that. And that made me like, love you even more. So yeah, I can definitely relate being on the receiving <laughs> end of, you know, some of your, you know, vulnerable stories. It was like my favorite part of the book. Yeah. The personal stories are the favorite parts. Like the amount of people who have read my work, podcasts, books, blog posts, programs, and then said, that story changed my life. That story saved my life. Yeah. You know, that story mm-hmm. helped me leave a toxic relationship. Like it's the stories that inspire. It's the stories that make people lean in, that make people trust you, that make people feel like you are that best friend that they never had. And, you know, with my conception journey, the amount of emails, messages, DMs that I got after sharing that and a lot of my other stories as well, the amount of people that messaged me and just said, thank you, like you gave me hope or yeah, like I said, you saved my life. Like I was, I was going to take my life and then I read that story. Like the stuff that I have read, it's, I mean, I've got full body goosebumps you know, it's, it's amazing. And then I'm reminded of that fear that I felt when I handed in the book or I pressed launch on the program. It was all worth it because of that one person that messaged me and said, that saved my life or changed my Mm -hmm. life. It's all worth it. And even if it is just one person, it's worth it. So you have a special gift to share with us. Can you tell us about this and where can we get it? Yes, I'm so excited about this. So this is my Impacting Millions publicity calendar. So it's over 12 months worth of story ideas, special hooks, and dates to get into the media. And so oftentimes when people are like, okay, I want to, you know, be seen, they're wondering, well, what story ideas do they want to hear about? 
And the thing is, the media is looking for certain types of stories at different times of year. And so, you know, I share those special dates, those hooks, those themes that are they're going to help you make your story timely and make it so much easier for you to get into the media. And so it's over 40 pages of ideas and people have used this to map out their publicity plan for the whole year. They even used it to map out their social media plans and email newsletters. So it's such a valuable resource. It took a ton of time to put together and they can get it for free. They can go to impactingmillions.com slash Melissa to get their very own copy of my publicity calendar. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful and generous of you. I am so excited to check that out. I would love to hear what is your definition of success and what do you attribute your success to? Oh my gosh, what is my definition of success? I feel like it's changed over time. But right now, the thing that's most important to me is like feeling a sense of peace in my life. You know, I'm prioritizing peace above all else. But not peace because like nothing is happening. You know, peace is also knowing that I'm living my purpose, that I'm learning and growing, that I'm taking these risks, that I'm doing the right thing. While also, you know, minimizing like drama and unhealthy influences. So yeah, I'm all about like taking the path of peace. Because I think that sometimes when people pursue success, it comes at the expense of their well-being and peace of mind. And I think prioritizing peace and growth together is possible. So the combination, I think, of peace and growth is the ultimate sign of success. So beautiful. I love that. What is bringing you the most joy in your life right now? Oh, the most joy in my life. Gosh, I would say just like celebrating everything that I've created. You know, I turned 40 this summer in June, or no, in July. And in June, I celebrated my 10 year business anniversary. So it's just a time that I've been reflecting a lot like, what do I want to do, you know, with this next chapter ahead? But also appreciating everything I've created. Like, it blows my mind that I've done the things I've done. And I feel really humbled to have shared my message, my story with so many people and to, to be that role model for others. And when I say role model, not that I'm better than others, but more that, you know, I have values that I stand for and I, I share my story and inspire others and support them in living their best lives. You know, it's such an honor to be able to do this kind of work and publicity has played a big part in me, you know, being able to get that message out there. So yeah, I, I feel grateful about the impact I've made in the past 10 years of business. So beautiful. What are you working on or would like to improve within yourself right now? What am I working on? Um, one of the things that I'm working on is my public speaking. I think that there's always room for improvement and a million times better than when I first started. But I actually am working on like communicating in a way you know, with more open heartedness, connecting more deeply to people. So communication skills and, you know, communication skills is something that we carry with us every single day. We're constantly communicating. So yeah, I'm excited to take those skills to the next level. I'm all about investing in coaches that can, you know, help and support me. Mm, Beautiful. Now let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. What is one book that you would choose for that like 16, 17, 18 year old? Oh my gosh, so fun. I wasn't expecting all these fun questions. But the book for me would definitely be Essentialism. That is my favorite book of all time. And it's all about doing less to accomplish more, this idea of simplification. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. 
I simplified my life so many years ago. I minimalized my life, my home. I got rid of all of the clutter. I got rid of mental clutter. I got rid of so much clutter in my life and just simplified everything and just stopped overcomplicating things. And it is so freeing. Yeah, no, it's the best thing. I think people don't even realize all the physical, mental, and emotional clutter that's holding them back. Absolutely. Let's talk about your day. I love hearing about how people set themselves up for success. Like I love hearing about people's morning routines and how they go about their day. So can you kind of talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life, all of your rituals and routines and everything you do? Okay. I don't know if it's really that inspiring or worth role modeling, but I'll share what I do. So yeah, I wake up in the morning and one of the first things I do is I check Instagram. It just kind of helps me wake up to see like pictures and quotes. And also I'm intentional about following people with inspiring messages. So it is a dose of like positivity and fun when I wake up. And then one of the first things I do is work out. So most mornings I work out with my personal trainer and it just feels good to cross that off my to-do list early on. And yeah, and then I have breakfast and you know, just like slowly start my day, but it's just really those things. And I remember someone else sharing like a very successful entrepreneur that he starts his day scrolling through Instagram. And I found it, well, I actually found it inspiring because it made me feel less bad. Like I'm doing something wrong. You know, they say like, don't let, you know, don't read emails or don't check Instagram. And, but for me, it actually like helps wake me up and I don't mind it. I don't mind, you know, shooting off a few quick emails or things early in the morning and just simply feel accomplished. But I will say that, you know, working out consistently has been a game changer for me and just prioritizing, you know, like physical fitness and health, you know, early in the morning. Are you a meditator? No, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting. Everyone has different things that fuel them. And I think if it works for you and you're happy and it brings you joy and lights you up, then you can't argue with that. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I do all the time is I talk to my girlfriends on Boxer and I have two best girlfriends I talk to pretty much every day. And I will say that I am, you know, a little bit of an overthinker and it's just great to process something. So I think for some people, you know, meditation is what clears their head. And for me, it's talking about my feelings and having my girlfriends to bounce ideas off of. So yeah, that's an important part of my, you know, every day. How good is Voxer? Seriously. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. And this this is not a promo for Voxer, no. although I wish I had shares in it or created it because yeah. I've been using it for maybe 10 years. Oh, really? And wow. I love it. Like I'm just obsessed. I I think it's actually helped me deepen my friendships on Yes. You know, some people are like but but how? You're not in person, but it truly has helped me deepen my friendships because we're in more regular contact and it's not over text message, it's voice. It's so different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I love it. And it's also such a great way to communicate with team. You know, instead of having a meeting, just send a message over Boxer. Totally. All right. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? 
What's one thing we can do? I mean, I think the most important form of health is emotional health. And for me, it has been taking inventory of who are the people in your life that you know, create consistent peace and who are the people that create drama? There are sometimes people that like, oh, I just feel like we've got this deep friendship or connection, but they're also like connected to like drama and stressful emotions in your life and consciously taking the steps to remove those people from my life. So I I did a big detox this year and yeah, it's exciting that I don't have, you know, any drama in my life right now. Mm, So good. So good. What is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Yeah, I think that when it comes to abundance, it's about really putting our um, energy in the right direction. And so I think the fastest way to get clarity on that is to be looking at your numbers. You know, if we're a business owner, you know, it's important to not just know what top line revenue is, but what is the profit that we're generating per program we're selling and also what's the complexity of delivering it and how many people are involved and all those things, but not just looking at, you know, one number, but looking at, you know, other key numbers and especially profit. Yes. I love that. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? For more love. The first thing that's coming to mind is to give love to others. You know, if we want something, the fastest way to get it is to give it. And so, yeah, even just like giving someone a compliment, letting a friend know that you're thinking of them, cheering them on if there's something important that's happening in their life. You know, when you show up with kindness and love for others, it gets returned to you. Mm, Absolutely. This has been so beautiful. I've loved chatting with you. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom? Yeah, I would say that my final words of wisdom are a favorite saying of mine, which is, I didn't come this far just to come this far. And so I think everyone listening to this episode is someone that has a beautiful message, a story, something that they want to share in the world in a much bigger way. And I feel like publicity is that vehicle to really amplify your message. You know, instead of just letting one person at a time know, what if, you know, 10,000 people, 100,000 people, even a million people could receive your message and what that could do. I love what you said and what we both said about the idea that our stories can change lives or even save people's lives. And so I just think it's so important for us to do the thing that's scary and to step into our full potential to see what's possible. And I do believe that publicity is a big part of that visibility journey for each of us. So I just encourage people to go for their dreams and to do the scary thing. Mm -hmm. Lean in, lean into the fear. Yes. This has been so beautiful. I have absolutely loved connecting with you today and sharing and hearing your message and just soaking up Selena. So what is one thing that I personally and the listeners can do to give back and serve you today? You help so many other people share their message and their light in the world. You're supporting so many people, but how can we give back to you? What can we do to serve you today? Oh, that's so kind. I've never had anyone ask me that question before. I mean, I would say the number one thing is to Google my story, type in, you know, emotional abuse, Selena Sue, the articles on Medium, 
And I know that they've heard about my story, but I would love for them to read it because it just goes so much more in depth. And if they know somebody that could benefit from the story, send them an email or share it on social media. You know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. February, you know, is the month of love and relationships, Valentine's Day. And, you know, I remember just, you know, going through Valentine's Day, you know, multiple times feeling terrible because I was in an abusive situation. I felt so alone. And so I really think that sharing this story will help someone feel less alone and also recognize the patterns of abuse and give them concrete ideas of how they can get out of that situation. So I would say, yeah, to read the story and then if they feel inspired to share it with someone else. Mm, So beautiful. And we can link to the story in the show notes. So head to the show notes. Yeah, we can put them in there and um, everyone can go and read the story. It's it's really powerful. Yeah, I couldn't stop reading it. I just, I read it in one sitting. I was just like, I can't put this down. And then I voxed you and I was like, babe, like, oh my gosh. Like, it's so big. So thank you for feeling that fear and putting it out there anyway. And it's going to help so many more people that will read it. So thank you so much and thank you for being here and for being you. You're such a beautiful person and I absolutely love having you in my life. So thank you for everything that you do, all of the work that you do, for helping so many people. You are a gem. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been such a joy to be here today. I hope you got so many takeaways about publicity from this episode, but on an even deeper level, I hope that it's inspired you to check in with yourself and your relationship and to make sure it is healthy and thriving. And I really hope as well that if there's something on your heart, a story, a message, and you have been sitting on the fence whether to share it or not, and this has inspired you to share it from that authentic place, I really hope that you can do that and not let your inner mean girl tell you that it's a bad idea and that you shouldn't. I really hope that you trust that feeling. And if you loved this conversation and you got a lot out of it, please take a moment now to subscribe to the show. And if you haven't already, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will just pop up in your feed so that you never miss an episode or have to go searching for a new episode. And please come and connect with me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you got from this episode. I love hearing from you. I love connecting with you. So jump on over there. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. I truly am so grateful. And I'm honored that I get to spend time with you. And I want to give you a little pat on the back for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock, my friend. And you're here because I know that you have something on your heart that you want to share with the world. So now is the time. The world needs you and your message and your magic. So. If there is someone else that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot. You can share it on your social media. You can email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. 
And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.